Welcome to the Key and Mang audio experience where you're here from two up-and-coming therapists looking to enhance the lives of listeners by addressing health, wealth, lifestyle, and overall growth. Tune in to hear the latest lessons learned on the Key and Mang audio experience. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode two of the pod. I'm Fair Mang. As always, joined by Key. Key, what's good? What's up, Mang? How you doing? I'm chilling. How are you? I'm great. Yeah? Always. Always. Yes. Oh, I love that. So today we're talking about um, advice to your younger self and how and advice we give to our younger selves as we go through our PT school, PT school journey again. Um, Key, you just finished up. I'm in my last like month and a half of, of clinical left. So I think it's a good time to kind of reflect back on what we would kind of say to our younger self when we just started and knowing what we know now. So I kind of just wanted to open it up to you and, and let you kind of start it off with what you tell your younger self. Um, I would tell my younger self that you're running your own race. So in PT school, there's a lot of competition and I don't think it's like purposely, but um, everybody wants to get like the best grades and make sure they pass. And I feel like if you get caught up in that, I mean, it makes PT school a lot harder to deal with. It's already a lot of stress, but then when you're trying to like compare how you're doing with um, another student, it becomes a lot more stressful. So um, I kind of dealt with that my first semester didn't go so well. And um, I realized that everybody comes from like different backgrounds. There's not like one degree you need to get into PT school. So some areas, your classmates are going to be like stronger and than you. So just really trying to absorb the information and just worry about like focusing on how you learn and not how other people are doing. Um, that was like the biggest thing for me when it came to school. And I think it eased my mind and just made me focus on myself and not what anybody else is doing. How long do you feel like it took before you could like just kind of focus on your own race and, and stay in your lane and not worry about what other people were, were doing or what kind of content, what kind of grades they were getting? I think it took that whole like <laughs> that first summer semester because I didn't, I think it was a wake up call. Like um, my first quiz wasn't great. I don't think I should say the, <laughs> the grade I got on the quiz, but um, I was like comparing myself to all my other classmates. <laughs> And I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm stupid. I don't even know if I should be here. But um, I think it was like like that semester. I'm like, it's no point of trying to get the best grades in the class. Like, I don't really think school really defines who you're going to be as a clinician anyways. So I think it was like that was the wake up call, like just having to bounce back and like figure out how I'm going to get my grades up. Like, I was like forced to focus on myself <laughs> because I couldn't compare myself to them anyways because they already were scoring higher than me. I'm, at, I'm starting from ground zero. So even if I tried to compete with them, my average wouldn't even compete anyway. So it's like, just focus on yourself. It doesn't even matter. So I don't know. That's, I guess, I guess that's the answer. <laughs> I feel you on that because I remember my first semester, it was kind of a very similar situation. Took the first quiz, second day of school, and I just bombed it. And I was like, yo, did I just make a mistake? Like, am I ready for this? And you talk to everybody else, would you go on the quiz? I got a 90, I got a 100, I got an 85. And I'm just like, I did not get that. I'm way far from that. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just like, all right, it was a wake up call. Like like you said, like, all right, I got to get my stuff together because if I keep this up, I'm not going to make it through. And we work really hard to get to get to the point of getting into PT school because you know what you want to do when you're done, but you just need to get through school to get there. And so I was like, I, I ain't going, I, I can't go out like this. And then it was like, all right, I got to figure out different ways to study, different ways to, 
to enjoy the time that I have and not just be stressing about grades all the time. And it turned around, it turned around, figured out what works, but I think it's just about figuring out what works for you and making sure you put your, put your time in, but also not just putting all your eggs in the school basket. Cause I think that just stresses, it's gonna stress you out a lot more. Right, and I think um, like that goes into another thing I like would say to my younger self, not even that young, but um, not younger self, a couple years ago when going through PC school. <laughs> but um, I was gonna say that um, another point that, that leads me to is um, just being able to like find time for yourself throughout school because it is a big adjustment especially when you don't do well the first semester, you're trying to figure out new ways to study and learn what works for you. But it's important to like find time outside of school to do things that make you happy instead of being all about school. I think being like well-rounded goes a long way, especially when it comes to the clinical side of things. Yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. And I think, I think that leads into the next point that I was gonna bring up about like taking the time to like explore your new school, explore your new city if you're moving to a new place. Cause I, I came from Alaska to Boston and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I came out here in January, once I found out I got in just to see what it was like, what the campus was like, but I didn't know anything about the East Coast or anything like that. Um, and so I remember when we first started, I was really hesitant to, to like enjoy being with my classmates or go out and explore just because it was new and it, it was different for me and it's way, way different from home. And, you know, it was June at that time and the sun was going down at five o'clock and I was like, what the hell is this? Like the sun isn't supposed to go down because that's all I'm used to, you know, in the summertime. So I, I think I would tell myself to just take more time to go out get to know your classmates, get to know, meet new people, um, go to concerts. Nobody really coming up to a lot. No big names are really coming up to Alaska as frequently as they come down to the States. So there are a couple of concerts that I wish I would have gone to um, that I wasn't able to, to go just because I thought I had to focus more on my time in school. So that's probably the one of the biggest things I would have told my younger self. Also, I'm bouncing off of that, when it comes to school, it's like you feel like all your time has to be consumed with school and you're trying to memorize everything. And I realized that you don't have to memorize. It's more so focusing on like grasping the concepts and figuring out how you can apply it to like the setting you're interested in or just applying it to um, like practical things and like trying to apply it to how you're going to treat your patients because there's no point of really memorizing just for the test when this is like skills we're going to need for like the rest of our lives. So I think it'll be, it'll make school, it makes school more um, tolerable and like easier to get through when you try to like connect the dots and see the bigger picture and not just focus on like the municipal details. Yeah, for sure. I think also just like, if you can connect, if you're learning one thing and you can connect it to something else, I think it just helps you like with long-term memory and keeping it in your head. So you Definitely. ain't more likely to remember it if, if it's something that's like meaningful to you or something that you can tell a story about it, experience about it, or you just got a lot of reps with it rather than um, just trying to memorize it for a test coming up and then losing it at the, at the end. Right. That's how I got through neuro because I wasn't really interested in neuro. I like ortho, but um, like being able to tie the neuro concepts to ortho really made me get through ortho. Help me. I mean, help me get through neuro mm -hmm. uh, without like going crazy. <laughs> I mean, and it's all connected too. Like if you need for ortho stuff to happen, you need that neuro like 
muscles, nerves, they all talk, brain, they all talk, need that neural stuff to come first before the orthopedic stuff. So I think it all kind of like meshes together. So I think that's a, that's a good way to, to look at it and go about it. Um, tip number four, um, get to know your professors and classmates. Um, I had a big class, class of 70, um, and we worked in, in groups a lot. So we would, every semester we changed our group of five. So I got to be around a lot of people, a lot of different people, a lot of different experiences. And you just never know who's going to be like, who you're going to be lifelong friends with, who you're going to be able to build partnerships with, build relationships with. And you never know whose skill set will be able to help you in your future endeavors and who's, what skill set you have can help, you know, somebody else. So I think just getting the, to make, taking the time to build those relationships because then really getting through PT school, it's hard to get through it alone. You're going to need your classmates. You're going to need your professors. So if you can, you know, build those relationships, those those close relationships, you ain't gonna get along with everybody. Like that's just how it is. But building those relationships, I think will help you in school and when you're out of school as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. PT school is a long time. And with all of the information and like the practicals and stuff, it feels even longer than what it really is. So um, just being comfortable with who you're spending that time with, you might as well make the most of it. So really get to know people, um, find groups to study with, uh, people that you can go out and do non-school related things with just to kind of decompress um, is very helpful. And um, yeah, just for long-term relationships, you never know what somebody could offer and vice versa. So definitely very important. And next point, you have anything else to say about that? Mm, All right, so the next point is working on communication skills. So um, I think this is really big and it's still something I'm trying to work on um, communication skills is like so important, especially when you're working with patients. So patients don't really care about your certifications and like your background knowledge. Yes, you need to know your stuff, but they're more so care about like how you make them feel, how you talk to them, how you explain things. So being able to break down like PT concepts from like a technical aspect to in layman's terms is very important. And just being personable. I feel like people appreciate that more than clinical skills. Agreed. I agree 100%. Um, even right now for me on, on clinical, I find that if I, if my communication skills are on point, I've kind of laid out the expectations of what I imagine the session is going to go and what factors are going to, uh, what factors I want to see for things to change. If they have an idea of what's going on, it just gives me a little more leeway with them because they have an idea of what's going on and what to expect. And if I, I tell them, you should feel this. If you don't feel it here, then here's a cue. I'll give them a cue. If it doesn't work, then we'll just try and find something else that targets the same thing. But if you if you can communicate that and just like making sure they're not surprised by anything, I think it just helps you figure out the the the, the hands-on skills. The the other things will come in time, but I think you just have you buy yourself more time because one, you've laid out the plan. Two, they relate to you. Three, they trust you. Four, it's just you, uh, you, you'll figure it out. You'll figure out what you need to do to make it work for them. And I think, well, that starts with, with communication and being able to communicate with your patients and be a person at the end of the day. Cause they all, they talk about like this doctor patient relationship and this kind of like hierarchy and stuff and kind of just trying to meet them at the same level where they're at and um, try and get to their common goal, goal that way. 
Yeah, definitely. I think um, it makes the patient experience better just being able to like be on the same page as your patient, like laying everything out, like you said, but also giving them the opportunity to be more involved with their care. Like if you're not communicating, they're kind of lost and just going through the motions. And I feel like as a patient, I would appreciate like being on the same page and knowing what's going on and have like open lines of communication. And I think that's what separates like physical therapists from like other healthcare providers because it's more it's more of a personable relationship and you kind of, if you have a good PT, you kind of know what's going on. It's not like you go see your doctor, they don't even look at you, don't talk to you, don't really interact. I feel like with PT, like that's how we can really separate ourselves from other uh, providers. Agreed, agreed. What would you say, like in your working experience, like what's been, how have you been like working on your communication skills with your patients? Um. I think it starts from like day one, like a lot of patients come in, like really want a diagnosis. They're like really apprehensive about moving um, and just being able to like kind of lighten up the mood, like just like learn, like you said, I took this from you, learning like a fun fact about them on their first um, visit or like um, just asking them what their worries are, or even something as simple as like asking how, if they had previous PT, like how did that go? Like just being interested in them and like their previous experiences as opposed to just trying to figure out like, why are you here today? Like just diving deeper into like the overall story I feel like has um, helped me. So I kind of try to keep that in the back of my mind every time I interact with a patient for the first time. Um, and then also with like level up, that communication module was very helpful. So taking tips from there and trying to like implement things every day is kind of how I've been working on my communication skills. I have, oh, oh sorry, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Uh, I have another question, so finish your thought before I. Um, I might, I have a thought, but I'm not sure if it's gonna um, be like a different topic, but I was gonna say communication skills and like being personable also goes a long way when it comes to applying for jobs. Cause like at the end of the interview and the employer, the potential employer asks you like, you have any questions for us? I always ask like, what are you looking for in a therapist, especially like a new grad therapist? And they all say that they want somebody that is personable and willing to learn and all the other things will come, like they'll teach you that. So just knowing how to communicate, I feel like could get you in the door. Absolutely. I feel, I feel like it's, it's step number one. If, if you ain't got that, then you better start working on it if you in the field, cause people will just like leave and not come back. And then you're wondering why no one's coming to see you. And, then it's, it's time you gotta look in the mirror a little bit. Yep. Um, but my question I was gonna ask, so let's, let's say you employ all your communication tactics and you're trying to, let's say you're working with a teenager or something and you know, teenagers can be shy with people that they don't know. Um, what kind of things do you do to try and like kind of lighten the mood and get them to open up a little bit with someone who's a little hesitant or shy? I feel like the first day is kind of like, you have to just take that L, they're kind of shy. And I feel like over time, you like kind of like just ask like how their weekend was or like what they're interested in and kind of like, if you don't know what they're interested in, like you take the time to learn more about it. So when they come back in, you can kind of build a conversation. And I think as time goes on, they become more comfortable. I feel like all the teenagers I've worked with, they're like that at first, but like the third, like third or fourth visit, they're kind of like, they come in telling you about the activities they did on the weekend or like something they saw. So I feel like it just takes time, but it's not gonna happen on the first visit. But just being interested in them. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, I, was, I was just, I, I agree. I, I think everything you said. And just like being yourself, because I feel like people, 
can just see when you like forcing things or like you ain't yourself, like you ain't comfortable. Um, I think if you can just be yourself and just be curious about the person in front of you. Um, I was talking to one of our um, PCAs in the clinic and he was like, sometimes with somebody who's like super awkward and he's like, look, I'm trying to make conversation with you, but you're making this really awkward. Like just break the ice and just be super direct like that. And usually that's what does it. And that's what makes them like, all right, they're trying to get to know me and I just gotta like, you know, have a talk, trust them and, and see where it goes. And usually that's the thing that, um, that kind of just breaks the ice a little bit and gets them a little more comfortable. So how, um, do, you huh? how do you say that? Nah, he was just like, look, we can either be quiet during our, our PT sessions or, you know, I'm gonna keep asking you questions and you can answer them. So he just gave her options and then she chose to, to talk. <laughs> I feel like people respect that though. <laughs> yeah. So you, you put it all like he was doing everything. He asked about movies, TV, like school, like all that. And she just wasn't wanting to talk. And he was just like, <laughs> so then he just asked her straight up and then she started warming up after that. And so ever since it's been, it's been smooth, but I, I just like the different approaches that you can take to, to try and get people to warm up to you. Cause I feel like it's a, it's not one way that's going to work for everybody. And you got to be able to switch up your style depending on who's, who's in front of you. Yeah. Like being able to read the person. I feel like more times than not, people come to PT and they want to talk. Maybe like the first session is a little rough, but I feel like I find that most people like they want to talk at PT. Like, mm -hmm. all right, now you got to actually do your work, do your exercises, yeah. talk, you know, so like finding that balance, but um, definitely being able to communicate will set you apart from like other therapists. People will come to you just because how you make them feel mm -hmm. and being um, interested in them. So definitely a, a big role, a big part. You want to talk about our last one? Uh, yeah, I got you. Um... Last point that we wanted to talk about, just find a mentor, find someone who's doing what you want to do and go be a fly on the wall. If you can't go shadow them, um, go ask them a lot of questions. If it's a professor, like go to their office hours, see what, see how they got to where they're at and how you can start getting to where they're trying to be. Um, Cause I feel like a lot of things, like sometimes it can just be like scary to go to someone who is like, has years in the game or is very qualified, very high level. And as a student, you're like, can I talk to them? Like, am I, am I allowed to ask some stuff? And usually, yes, you are. And I think it's just like, if they, if you ask them, hey, can I talk about your research article? Or can I talk about your work? Everyone likes talking about themselves. So they go like, they go and say, they go and say yes. And then you just continue to like we just said like continue to be interested in them and then they'll start to ask about you and then you can start to kind of build that relationship and see where it goes but I think it's hard to if you don't have someone that you can like who's done who's ahead of you in the game doing what you want to do I think it just kind of makes the journey more harder and you're going to have a lot more ups and downs um through your journey whereas if you have someone who can kind of I don't want to say like make it a straight like straight line up, but like a more um, guided path and, and kind of teaching you the pitfalls that they had and how to avoid making the mistakes they had, they did. Um, I think it just helps you moving forward. So I think finding a mentor um, early on, super important. Definitely kind of expedites the whole process. Like, yeah, you're still gonna make mistakes, um, but just having like a blueprint laid out or like just seeing somebody else do what you potentially wanna do. Um, and it, it makes you, kind of more at ease. And then also, um, like I said, it kind of expedites the process, makes it a little quicker because you avoid 
the mistakes that they probably uh, made. Also, I was going to say that when it comes to um, like having a mentor, like make sure you offer something that's valuable to them as well. Like you don't want them to feel like they're just giving, 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 and you're not like any, you're not of any benefit to them. So um, that can be like maybe sharing like something you found valuable that you think that they might um, be interested in. Something as simple as that goes a long way. Um, just so that it's, it's not um, just a giving relationship. It's like a give and take. Agreed. 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 What would you say for someone who's trying to find a mentor? Like, where? What would you suggest that they look? How should they approach that initial conversation with trying to find a mentor? Um, I think like finding a mentor sounds very formal, but I feel like mentorships start off very informal a lot of times. So I love social media. Um, just talk, interact with people on social media. Like if they post something, like ask them a question about it. Um, ask them like, what was your thought process on this? Um, and I think the relationship will kind of build from there. I don't think you just hit somebody up and be like, oh, hey, can you be my mentor? Like it has to start like kind of genuine and um, just being in, interested in what they're doing and asking questions about it. I feel like it can just go from there. And sometimes having a mentor, like it's not like actually like, oh, you're my mentor. I feel like it's, like I said, it's more informal. So just building that relationship, you, that person might become a mentor like indirectly, you don't even know it. So I feel like just, just being genuine, like it forms out of genuine curiosity. Yeah. So social media, I would say. Social media, yeah, I like that, I like that. And I think also like, in person, whether it's another one of your classmates who might have a different background and something that you're interested in, or a professor who's doing research on something that you're interested in, and you have quite a bit of options. And I think there's, especially with social media, there's a lot more that you can, um, a lot more access that you have to people. And people are more willing to respond to DMs or comments and stuff if you show a genuine interest and, and be persistent, if, if that's someone you really think is going to someone can help you along with your journey. Like you said, you can't just take from them. You gotta be able to offer something to the table as well. Um, right. I have one more though. I know we don't have this on the list. Go for it. But as a student, I would just take the information that was given to us and just kind of like go with it. But I think like looking back, I think I would act, like tell myself to ask why and like kind of question things more. Like I'm always doing that now, even if it's something that like I agree with, I'll play devil's advocate and like ask, like, why are you doing that? Or like flip it just to kind of, I feel like that like introduces a new perspective and you end up learning more and it enforces like critical thinking. So just questioning what you're learning and not just going along with it really goes a long way. And um, you'll notice that you are able to like learn different concepts or come up with different ideas than um, the norm. Like you'll find yourself thinking out the box a lot. And I think that's very important. And it helps from like, not just going through the motions. Like you're always, trying to find new innovative things. Yeah, it's not like teaching you what to think, but how to think. Right. So you're kind of just like kind of building your own kind of like process and experimenting and being creative. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. But if you're right, you're right. But you have learning experiences from, from both of those. So I really like that. I'm gonna add one more thing to um, this to it. Um, diagnoses are not textbook. Like what you see, someone with an ACL tear might, two people with an ACL tear might have two completely different um, symptoms and you got to 
like be able to acknowledge that and approach each person individually and not just chase the the textbook answer or textbook symptoms and stuff because not everyone's going to present that way everybody moves different everybody's body different so you got to be ready to to acknowledge that but also just not be so stuck on oh they don't have this symptom so it can't be this like it's not really about the diagnosis it's about treating the impairments that you see and making sure that you're trying to help them get to the goals that they're trying to accomplish right i think the diagnosis matters like when it's like post-op or something like that but when somebody's coming in like it's like chronic pain or like shoulder pain or something i don't think it really matters what the diagnosis is i feel like we should focus more on like ruling out the red flags and making sure where it's safe to treat the person and then just go based off of symptoms because a lot of things present the same um and the treatment is similar so i don't think we should get tied up on the diagnosis like school teaches you to Mm-hmm. I think it's more so symptoms. Agreed. And out red flags. Agreed. Agreed. I feel like yeah. I feel like if you can like catch, if you know what you're looking looking at, like red flags wise, and can catch something before it like escalates, I think that's probably job number one. Job number two, then you have some some leeway to kind of experiment and and see what works for this person. Other positions that they can tolerate better than others what positions do they not like or what positions do they avoid and how can we kind of optimize that to help them get back to what they're trying to get back to because everyone's trying to get back to something once the pain kind of goes down there's something that there's a reason why they came into the to the clinic so now it's about kind of deep diving into that and figuring out how you can reverse engineer that task to what they're currently doing in, in the clinic Right. And that goes back to communication skills and just being able to do that. You have to get your patient on the same page because when they come in, they're kind of looking for you to tell them what's wrong with you. I mean, what's wrong with them? Like, or is it like biceps, tendonitis or like rotator cuff strain or something? So I'm um, just letting them know, like if you rule out red flags, you can let them know what it's not. And then you can let them know what the plan is going forward. I don't, and I think that'll kind of put them at ease. Mm-hmm like diagnose everything because the diagnosis it doesn't really matter so just getting them on the same page i think is the most important and then ruling out red flags agreed agreed all right so key one more question for you your big takeaway from this conversation today that you want the people to to come away with um i have two okay i think it is running your own race because you're always gonna compare yourself, whether that's with school or um, like life accomplishments, like that's just like how it is with social media and stuff. But just remembering to run your own race, stay in your own lane and really like focus on yourself. And then the second thing is gonna be, be personable. Like we're gonna be working with people, um, not in the lab, like working with skin cells or something. Like these are actual people you're gonna be working with. So. <laughs> So really be personable and really work, work, work on your communication skills because that'll go a long way, especially when it comes to um, like having lifetime customers, lifetime clients and getting jobs. So those are my two takeaways. Run your own race and be personable. What about you? Yeah, I was going to say, um, I think those are two good ones. I would say just be authentic, be yourself, um, kind of like running your own race. But I feel like that's that's super important to just to begin with, just to be yourself and 
and let people see that for who you for for who you are. And hopefully people will be their authentic selves as well. And you can kind of build meaningful, authentic relationships. Um, and that's probably that's probably my biggest takeaway from our conversation today, in addition to what you mentioned. I like those. I like those. So if you guys can comment your takeaway below um, or in the reviews, let us know how you like this podcast. Um, give us a five-star review. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the King and Mang Audio Experience. Make sure to subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review, and we'll catch you in the next episode.